Thanks, Craig. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Rambling Viking podcast. And today's episode, we are focusing on the Tiger King. I'm doing a, this is part of a series of episodes where starting with my take and then I interview friends and uh, different people to try and get uh, a few different perspectives and get everybody's take on the show as well as their celebrity cast. So, so today I've got my guest uh, and co-host from our Tales from the Classroom series. Seth here to give us his take. Thanks for thanks for uh, being willing to take the time. Seth. Always excited. It's always always fun sitting down. I get to sit down with my best friend, and uh, it gives me a good excuse to stay in touch. Feels more productive than me just brainlessly watching a bunch of YouTube videos or going hard on some video games. I feel like I'm actually getting some mental activity, whether it's whether it's you know super useful or not or in depth. Yeah, I feel like the mental activity is good. Yeah, the the extra exercise and being social is still very important, I think. Yeah, as best we can. So I'm, what was your let's talk let's talk initial takes on Tiger King. Um they really they released the newest episode. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen the newest episode, go watch it. Spoiler alert ahead, whatever, yada yada yada. Um newest episode, which is basically a recap with Joe McHale. And he interviews certain members of the cast. Uh, for me, it was eye-opening mainly because I finally got some clarity on that Saf identifies as a man, and apparently, very casually, always has. They're claiming it, but in her words, she said more. Uh, she, she was like, "Other people seemed more upset than I was, and I really wasn't upset." Um, and then I read, and then I I went and read an article, and it was literally like the article was upset, and she was like, eh, "I really don't care. Like it's whatever." I've I've always tried to go by him, but it is what it is. And like, she very, very nonchalant, but don't mean mm-hmm. to get on too many tangents. So Seth, tell me upon watching the series, what, like, what was just your initial takeaway? Like when you finished it? Never have I ever been more proud to be an Oklahoman. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, wow. I'm. I'm baffled at, at what we're able to accomplish and like what's what, <laughs> oh just just what we are in general. I mean, this is it's absolutely. I, I mean, it's crazy. The one the documentary has done really well. I like to watch documentaries from time to time, and um, it was it was done well. Every episode capped with something where it was like, okay, well, I need to keep watching this. Um, and it was, uh, my, my initial take was, it was incredibly entertaining. It's, it's absolutely insane. Um, I can't, I can't even think about what it's like to, uh, oh, excuse me. Um, the, anytime, anytime I would describe it to anybody who hadn't seen it yet, I'm like, listen, there's this, there's this gay redneck polygamist like tiger enthusiast who owns its own private zoo and it's like what <laughs> like there's yeah a, there's like- a gay gunslinging redneck who's also a polygamist and he's got like, like he entices straight dudes and uh and that's not even like scraping the iceberg on what that show is it's crazy yeah that's just that's just literally like a cliff notes like one sentence synopsis of the show and it barely gives you a surface level idea. Like you, I think I, what, what everyone seems to be coming back to is like, you couldn't have made this up any better. Like no, it's, it, it is truly, I think the, it's probably the best example I've seen ever of truth is stranger than fiction sometimes. Oh because yeah. This is, there's no way you get this. Um, I mean, cause it starts, I was like, Oh, he's a polygamist. And you find out all of his husbands are straight and you're just like, wait a minute. Yeah. Well, you mean to tell me you weren't gay? The reality is crazier than fiction in that there's everyone in their outrage culture. If someone would have thought this up, like as like, as a joke, thought it up, some Hollywood scriptwriter was like, Oh, this'll be funny. Because Oklahomans would do this. Like, there are definitely going to be some Oklahomans who get outraged. They're like, that's not what we're about. But, like, the fact that it's a real story and it's just like, man, 
yeah, that's this is the life we live. <laughs> These are the things you find in the wild, wild west. <laughs> I know, right? And I, I will say, on one hand, I am I have been a little bit defensive from to it, just from the standpoint of like, I do think on some level. It, it, on one hand, I'm with you. I'm like, I'm proud. Like, I'm like, I think it's pretty cool that this happened in Oklahoma. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I, I want, I do want people to understand that this could have been, this could have been backwoods of like any of, mm-hmm. I don't know, eight, eight different states. Yeah. I mean, just to go off the top of my head, this could have been, this easily could have been Missouri, Arkansas, Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, um, Texas, even like it could have been it backwoods. Gone as even. far as north as Ohio. Oh, I think so. They they had their own tiger situation in Ohio, so (laughs) they did. They did, and and so did so does Florida and South Carolina. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it's really backwoods any way you look at it. But uh, for me, the most Oklahoma moment and the moment that I love and that is accurate when you're like only in Oklahoma would you see this is he's next to the highway. There's a tornado like a few miles away in a field. He's he's on next to his four wheeler and he goes, "Yep, ain't nothing you can do about that." And just hops on his four wheeler and and rides off. I'm like, "Yeah, that's pretty Oklahoman. That that is truly Oklahoma." Yeah. Like just standing on your front porch or in your front yard or wherever, and just being like, "Well, nothing we can do about that." Go inside and make some tea and get in your safe place. Yeah. Oh, did you see a uh, Pat McAfee had a had a video about the, uh, the other day? He uh, he, I guess he he was like in a tornado, but he didn't realize it. He was like videoing some lightning, and then like all of a sudden, you hear this wind pick up, and he goes, "Uh oh!" <laughs> he has to get inside real quick. It was pretty funny. That's awesome. <laughs> Whoops. Um, but okay, cool. I like that. I think that. That pretty well sums it up for a lot of people is yeah. I think if you're in Oklahoma, you have one of two responses. There was, I've never been more proud to be in Oklahoma and yeah. not, not, not something else yeah. to throw at the dartboard. It's like, not, come on. It's bad. But at, but at this point, it's like, I don't think there was anything that was going to take us out of that mindset, like out of that purview of, of like, we're redneck hillbillies still riding horses and buggies everywhere. It's like, I don't think I don't think this show could have been something that pulled us out of that if no. it had been you know a totally white collar thing because it, it doesn't help with public perception at all. Like as far as what the other mm-hmm. forty nine states think about us, like public perception is not like has not been improved one bit. But I uh-huh. do think, however, it's like on par with what people thought in the first place. And then like, there's definitely some defending you have to do. Like, listen, it's not. It's not all like that. Like, right. Hey guys, you're welcome for Brad Pitt and Garth Brooks <laughs> and like all these other. Don't like, forget Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood. Uh, I'm pretty sure Olivia mm-hmm. Munn is actually a. I think she's what? Oklahoma too. Yeah, I'll have to look That's that wild. up. It's crazy. But you know, the funny thing that I come back to is like Toby Keith and Garth Brooks are kind of the only ones who actually like what I would do would actually like claim Oklahoma and you see coming back here. I'll, Bill haters from here too. Blake, Most Shel- everybody Blake else, Shelton, Oklahoma too. I think he might be, but like the country singers are really the only guys that are like, yeah, back home in Oklahoma. Everyone else is like Oklahoma. Never been there before. Never, never heard. What of are it. you talking about? What are You're you like, even I, talking about? I was only born there. We immediately moved. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, okay, cool. So now let's get into the nitty gritty of the series and w- let's talk, let's talk general conclusions. So we'll start with the tiger King himself, Joe exotic, uh, getting into his legal trouble, obviously. And now he's been sentenced to 22 years in prison. And what do you think, um, about his sentencing of 22 years with all the counts of animal cruelty added on to, you know, the, I think it was, I think it was only like one or two counts of murder for hire. The rest were related to euthanization of exotic animals and such and such. But uh, do you think, you know, that was, do you think he, he got his just desserts? Like that was justice served. Do you think it was, he should go, should have gotten less, more time, no time. What I do you think, think, uh, Honestly, that feels like uh, for everything that's gone on, it, it feels like an adequate sentence. Um, I don't know if he's going to like 
serve all of it or whatever, but I, he's, it's an adequate sentence in my opinion. I think he, there's possibility for leaving early for good behavior. Um, uh, he's in and of itself. I, I think it's fair. Like it, it feels fair to me. Like he needs to do some time for all of those things. Uh, tacking on animal cruelty. I don't know about like, cruelty the youth euthanization yeah definitely um he definitely did that there's evidence to support that um as far as how he did it i'm pretty sure it was as humane as possible to shoot him in the face um yeah one to the one to the noggin yeah one one to the noggin seems like the most efficient way to get that done but um uh he's he he def because as far as the upkeep on the zoo they did it seemed like all all indicators pointed to animal care was fairly decent at mm-hmm. at the at the Winnie Wood Zoo so um I don't know like like I said it seems like a fair sentence I don't know if he's gonna serve all of it uh, he's probably gonna have I think money money can still do enough to bypass a little bit of the legal system. And I think he'll, well, that's the thing. He'll is, get I out think early. He's, yeah. He's going to get enough proxies and stuff. Um, and like, who was it? Was it Cardi B started, tried to start a GoFundMe to yeah. get him out of jail. And I was like, yeah. and uh, yeah. all right. And <laughs> he's been convicted, but fine. The, the, the funny thing is, is about that documentary <clears throat> is that it is, it, it, it is a little biased in that it paints Joe in the first like two episodes. It paints Joe in like such a, like one, a unique light, but two, honestly, everybody loved Joe after the first two episodes. And then it goes into talking about everything that happens. Like what's Joe like when the cameras come on and then it starts talking about the de-evolution of, Joe exotic and what he was like and just firing people because there were cameras there and just being aggressive with people. I don't, uh, I, I got, honestly, I got a little upset. I was like, well, why'd you paint him like that in the first two episodes? Why'd you make me like him? Mm-hmm. Like I never, and, I never at any point liked Carol Baskins, <laughs> but no, not at all. No and one. We'll get, we'll, we'll get into specific <clears throat> characters, but yeah, no one liked her, but like Joe, like they painted him positively, like he was just this lovable gay, like lovable gay polygamist. Where you're just like, man, that guy is goofy and he has his quirks, but he seems like super straightforward about everything. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the Oklahoma in me that just likes the straight shooter and anybody. Right? But, like you were, he may be, he may be an eccentric homosexual who plays with big cats, but um, he, he he doesn't try and hide he that. Know, at all. He knows one hundred percent. He is. An eccentric homosexual who plays with big cats. Like right. that's his shtick, and he laid into it. Mm-hmm. So. And I could totally agree with that. So, and, and and I really agree with that premise on like as far as the legal battle goes. Um, kind of a follow up question to that though is with the murder for hire stuff. So I've listened to supplemental stuff outside of the documentary because Wandry has a podcast. <laughs> And which I'm sure I'll link in in all of these episodes. But then there's um, there's also been countless other random podcasts. Davis Bade, I think, had most of the cast on and has done interviews with them on their podcast. Like there's so many they're all doing the media rounds. Uh-huh. And so there's a lot more there's there's a lot more there's a lot of extra you can get out there. And, uh-huh. um, but I, I want to ask pose this question to you is in how it unfolded getting him to basically be arrested by the feds and like getting that push through with James Garrettson being the CI and Jeff Lowe. And then, um, and then his right-hand guy, Alan Glover, how legitimate do you think that was? You know, do you think it was hundred percent legitimate? Do you think there was some form of like collusion on the part of Jeff Lowe being like, Hey, Alan, like, like let's provoke this and in, into actual into fruition here. Um, I, I guess, do you think, do you think any of it was a setup or do you think it was totally straightforward, legitimate, like we saw in the documentary? I think the setup is possible. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hundred percent conspiracy theorize, 
Jeff's Jeff's far from on the straight and narrow. Alan's far from on the straight and narrow. I think they can both lie exceptionally well. And when you have uh, two testimonies versus one, and the fact that uh, that Alan got money from Joe, mm-hmm. like that's that's all you need. Like whether or not. Whether right. or not he seriously thought that's what Alan was going to do, um, it, it's 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 not enough. It was serious him, enough he, that he, that Joe turned it into money in hand. Yeah, and that's a crime. I mean, if you if you call for the death of anyone, whether it be joking or whatever, like Joe did. I mean, Joe he he did it. Like you can't deny it. He says it on several occasions. He calls for her death, um, but. Uh, and to multiple different people. And if you have that and any money exchanges hands for anything, you can, you, you can pen them with whatever you want. I mean, Oh yeah. And, and I agree. And I kind of, I kind of likened it to, I've likened it to um, basically a cop working vice and undercover as uh, uh, to try and catch uh, uh, guys trying to solicit sex basically. And so, you know, classic, like, She's undercover, dresses a hooker, and she just goes in the neighborhood and then waits and cars will pull up. And then all, all it takes is that cash in hand. It's like it's not like an extremely like leading or provoking thing. It's just you're saying, hey, if the opportunity's there, are you willing to take it? And initially, I, I, I don't think my, my jury, I'm totally settled in either camp, but I'm, I'm basically leave it as uh, this is this is this could go either way. Like there could have been. A decent amount of conspiracy behind like Jeff being like Alan, we need to like get him to do this, we need to get him out of the picture, versus like Joe was just given an, an, an a reasonable opportunity to um to have this set up, or so he thought, and so he took it, and so he's guilty as charged. But um that being said, I do I do gotta ask because one of my favorite parts in the documentary is Alan Glover going. Yeah, well, he said he's gonna pay me five grand. He only paid me three, and um, I guess I just never made it to Tampa. I don't know. I guess I just <laughs> yeah. partied away, I and and in, in just ended up in South Carolina. Like, what do you what what do you think of all of that? Because I I soaked that up, but like, I just want to get your take on Alan Glover's recollection in the docu series of that transaction. I don't know. You get in my opinion, you get what you pay for. Like that's <laughs> you you get what you pay for, and when you pay three grand for a hitman, you're going to get three grand work. And in the line of being a hitman, three grand will buy you a stop in South Carolina and hanging out with hookers. That's what until, like until you pay hitman money, you're not going to get hitman work. Like that's (laughs) tell me this, tell me this, tell me this. Do you, cause I, to me, when he said that, at first, I was like, oh, yeah, that seems totally reasonable for his type. But then I thought about it. I was like, he could also just be playing dumb, you know, because he's in this. The feds are involved in everything. and He has to be careful what he says. But then I th- realized it's Alan Glover. And I'm like, I want to believe that he that he, that was 100 percent. Literally, he does not remember. He took the three grand and he he, he somehow ended up in South Carolina at, at a strip mm-hmm. club with some hookers. And he doesn't remember anything else about it like i think honestly honestly i think alan used that essentially i think he was he was fully aware he wasn't gonna do it mm-hmm. and he just wanted to scam joe because he hated joe like he hated that's joe what, that's what i come back to particularly on the the whole like you know where that side of it makes me think you know there there was more to this like Alan Alan wanted to to be Joe's hitman because he hated him and he wanted to get rid of him and that was a clear avenue to do so. Yeah. I he's I I I don't think he had any real intent of going to Florida in the first place. And I think I think after you do enough drugs like Alan has, I think you <laughs> I think memory function doesn't serve you and you're like, "Oh yeah, I did take 3 grand from Joe that one time." I did do that. <laughs> Oh yeah, I did. You may have thought it was for that. I knew immediately it was for blowing hookers. Oh my gosh, yeah, instantly. And so that's where it's just like, I think at some on Joe just got so caught up in you know the vindictive battle that he it had all become become about Carol Baskin that it was like he he was he was like a shark when he attacked you know eyes rolled back in the head and he is just teeth bared going straight for. 
interpret every way he can. And so it's like, that's where clouded judgment, but Joe, I think, I mean, the type of people Joe surrounded himself with, I think it's like, I didn't really expect anything less. So yeah. let's shift gears a little bit. Okay. Um, the, the, the biggest looming question, and I know we've all seen the meme where it's, they left the, the yes and the no with the question, did Carol kill her husband on the door for delivery guys? Absolutely. Love that. Um, yeah, where do you stand on all that? She definitely – well, uh, the – it shows an ineptness of, like, how easy it was to get away with things like 40 – like 30, 35, 40 years ago. Like, how inept mm-hmm. um, a lot of the, the police force may have been. And one, Florida, I just – there's so many crazy things that go on in Florida. Like, as crazy as Oklahoma is, like, Florida's Florida's next level. Florida, Florida is cool. Like, uh, oh, there's a stand-up comedian. He was like, I, I don't. He, he was talking about how Austin, Texas, calls it like the home of weird. Austin and Seattle, or some other mm-hmm. place. And he was like, how do they? How where where do they get off calling themselves like the weird capital of the world? Whenever they know that Florida exists. Like when they, when they know that Florida man yeah, when, never ceases to amaze Florida, Florida man's crazy. But like the fact that it happened in Florida, it's like, it, I'm not shocked. Like there's so many things that I imagined you could make fly under the radar in Florida where it's like, I, I don't think uh, it, it doesn't shock me that there was like an ineptness. Cause like whenever I think of like Florida, Florida legal system. I don't think of like just upstanding. I don't CSI Miami isn't the first thing that pops in my head. Like mm-hmm. if CSI Miami existed, but it's not the first thing that pops in my head. I'm not shocked that the case was handled the way it was. And I think honestly, like it's, I'm not shocked, but it was the, the case itself was so poorly handled. And if you've got like, if you've got money there, like there's, there's too many, there's too many ways to buy people off. And she had a brother in the police force. It's, it's too much. Like there's just too many things. There's, there's too many, there's too many like little rabbit trails in this and little details that, that line up perfectly where it's like, Mm -hmm. you can easily, you can reasonably put on your tinfoil hat and be like conspiracy. She fed him to the tigers, but it's a class it'll still be a classic conspiracy because there's not Mm -hmm. near enough that that clearly points to her as doing something yeah my my stance is i believe foul play was at hand and she was involved in some way but that's where i leave it it's pretty open-ended um i did have an interesting conversation with someone who said that they chose not to take a side on the matter because they um they feel um basically the thought was that you know this she's imagine the pressure that she's going under where now she has basically an entire population saying that she killed her husband. But uh, when an actuality is not, you know, there's no facts to point mm-hmm. to that. And so um, it was, it was an interesting point that was brought yeah. up, but then at the end of the day, I realized if you, if you say this in the right context of like, I'm not calling for her to be arrested or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm literally stating like, this is what I would call like my fun opinion. Yeah. Like, you know, when you're just shooting the crap in the living room with, whoever and or on a podcast and it's like oh for fun because this is a pop culture topic tell me what you think on this and, yeah um and, and that's that's kind of the way i see it but. does it does it propagate the idea yes is it unfortunate that that's like that's the the position that someone's put in yeah i mean there is there's obviously an entire population that thinks she she definitely did it but like I, <laughs> she just she did it um and like that's my opinion and there's so many different ways it could happen i there's a hundred percent and taking that stance is is noble like yeah there was foul play yeah she did it she right. found a way to do it i I'm never, never going to be able to prove that yeah no no one, no one can but like that's that's the beauty that's the beauty of this country in general, though, as long as you believe in the principle of innocent until proven guilty, well, until you can prove her guilty, she's not right. And, and so she, it's can, like, everyone, everyone can think what they want. Like it's unfortunate. Like that's public perception. It's truly, uh-huh. truly unfortunate that she has to live through that. If she's innocent, 
But if she's not, <laughs> but if she's not, then I mean, she's getting her dues, but right. And so it, it, I don't know the way I see it is like, sure, there could be, but it's, it's pretty easy to just ignore what's online. Like you just don't read the YouTube comments to me. And so to me, I see it as pretty harmless, but anyways, okay. So you think that she definitely did it. And I think there's plenty of reasons to believe that she did. Um, now let's talk, let's talk. So characters overall, I want to talk a few different ones. So we're going to talk a, your favorite character throughout the series. We're going to talk your least favorite character throughout the series. And then we're going to talk what I like to call the flip-flop character. So this can go either way, but this will be a character that you either started out liking or hating and then ended up, your opinion ended up flip-flopping by the end of the series or at some point in the series. So let's start with favorite character. Favorite character? Mm -hmm. I would have to say, um, man, I don't know. I really, (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know why I'm a Doc Antle fan. But I'm a Doc Antle fan. <laughs> um, I'm a Doc Antle fan, and I think probably Saf. Saf's just like the most realistic. Like, like as far as being like, <laughs> feels like the most down to earth character to me, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Her uh, or the like the drug lord, former drug lord, I should say. Yeah, her or the drug lord or um. The other one that's super down to earth, uh, John Ranky. Yeah. Dude with no legs. And again, so weird that he's the one that's down to earth. Right. In, in, in this, in this wild, wild west of misfits, it's interesting yeah. who you find yourself like being reasonable. It's like, Oh, never would have yeah. thought. Okay, cool. So, uh, doc Antle or Saf, I like it. I like, it. I, I can say I respect doc, because he's basically Joe Exotic. He's a straight Joe Exotic who's what I would what I would call more cerebral and calculated than Joe. Much like, more calculated. He's the terrifying. Ego, let, let's establish this. Do you agree that they're all crazy in their own Absolutely. Like, I like, think Doc Antle may be the craziest that's yeah, there. But the, he's incredibly manipulative. But the the patina that he puts on is just so well calculated mm-hmm. that I have no choice but to admire what he is and what he's created. Right. Uh, yeah, it, it's like you may not like him. It's like you know. It's like Patrick Beverly, Draymond Green. Like yeah. you hate them if they're not on your team, but you definitely have to respect their game. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that he can like the him. What he's put together is impressive in and of itself. The business side of it, um, he's just, I, I mean, wow. I mean, who who isn't impressed with a dude like that with like eight wives? Like, hmm, wow, yeah. you play your game. You get, you get, you get, hot, you get hot young chicks and gives them a new name and new boobs and set for life. Yeah. And a house, apparently, supposedly. Uh, I will yeah. say my favorite, my favorite aspect from – uh, th- where that really you really unlock like how I, I don't I can't put a term on it but like he's just so measured in his cr- like he's found a way to channel his crazy in a very measured way and his his egotistical like narcissism and, and, and he channel he figured out how to channel that in a in a way where like it it puts him in this position where like wow I got to respect this guy's game on some level but I think where the show kind of showed that the best in, in like a minor moment was when he's like they have that couch and there's the baby cats and he's talking to the camera guys it's either that or when he's out front of the house but there's two scenes where yeah he's like he's like all right so like I'll go inside then you guys like knock on the door and I'll act like uh, you, you surprised me and yep. then in, in the in the in the living room one on the couch he's like he's like so like you want me to like be on the couch playing with him like how do you want to do this you know you know you want this to be as sexy mm-hmm. as possible and, and if like they don't if they don't put those two scenes in there though like you just like there's you don't understand the calculation behind doc Antle. i think no. that's part of the appeal and and i think that's why it's a good move on their part to yeah. do that but all right so who's your least favorite character <sighs> i would definitely i i just can't like carol I don't like Carol. Um, I really Likewise. don't really don't like Carol. That's two of us, man. Not a big Jeff Lowe fan, and I don't like James Garrettson either. Mm-hmm. 
kind of the, that's kind of the trifecta of hate I feel in a lot of ways. Um, I I don't know about you. I didn't like Carol from the start. I, I yeah. maybe it comes as soon back as to- she was on her knees in front of that tiger cage, I was like, well, I don't like her. <laughs> nope, I'm out. I don't <laughs> care like, what done. the documentary says about her. She's bad. Yep, you are not okay. I don't like you. <laughs> she's got that. She's got that kind of that like that deadness on the front of her eyes where she seems calm, cool, and collected. But like, if you've got any type of you know sixth sense about reading people, you can see through that to what the actual what the rotten soul on the inside is like. She, yeah. I don't know. She just comes across as so like conniving, but she wants to portray Little Miss Perfect and innocent. Well, like the other thing is though, is like I I can make I can make mention of this, and you'll know who I'm talking about if you remember elementary school as well as I do. But like there is like there's like this thing of like you grow up and there's always like one mermaid girl. <laughs> and like yeah. obsessed with mermaids and like that's her thing and like that's what she's gonna be and like she grows up and like if you don't level out like if you and like the one we know leveled out or seemed to have leveled out i'm not 100 mm-hmm. percent sure we don't have very good contact with that one but uh mermaid girl always seems to grow up and become incredibly attractive and yes. then the de-evolution of remaining mermaid girl. And she's just like, she stayed mermaid girl. And like, I just, I just, I, I like, she just, she gives me the heebie jeebies, man. She's not, she's not mermaid girl. She's big cat girl, but like Mm -hmm. still cat ladies aren't much better. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Nope. Not at all. I just, uh, I just can't. Okay, so so it feels like I mean Jeff Lowe, honorable mention Jeff Lowe and James Garrison for you, but really Carol's the breadwinner and least favorite. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it's pretty standard answer, but I just well, that's kind of the the good. I think it's I think it's kind of interesting, right? Because I, I think there's a lot of commonality in what people think across the board here, but it's interesting to actually see all those play out. Like I'm, I'm interviewing people. I'm trying to interview people who don't talk to each other. Like I'm the common denominator here. And, uh-huh. uh, and that's why I already released, you know, I've already recorded my opinion, which I may have to slightly re-record, but n- nothing has changed on that. And, and I'm going to release that first. And then I want to do this because I want to see, like, see if there's nuance or if there's, um, kind of a consensus so uh who who was your flip-flop character either went from love love to hate or hate to love um who was it for you if you had one i it wasn't like a. I think i don't know i started out neutral and then just started i didn't like rick kirkham yeah didn't like rick i kind of like it's a kind of don't like rick and again one of the few sane people, but like he seems like very manipulative at face level, and like he can he can spin a narrative like he's essentially a Hollywood guy, and yeah, yeah I his attitude I just don't like his attitude. I'm not I'm not in on Ray Kirkham. I'm not. I could see that. I could see that, um, especially now that I've seen several post interviews. It's like the more I look at him is. And, and you, I think you see that with a lot of different people who got involved in this in real life, like got involved in this saga and with this with this you know group in some way, shape, or form. Is they got in and they were like, okay, it's a little weird, but I'll kind of like stick it out. And when when serious red flags started popping up everywhere, they didn't get out because of self interest. And that's what Rick Kirkham was. Is he was like, this is all he saw were dollar signs here. And he talks, yeah. he talks about a little bit how he's a little remorseful on like, I gave up my journalist journalistic ethics. And it's like, dude, you didn't just like give them up. You blew he them up. He like, didn't have Joe any. Blew up the, yeah. Like he didn't have any. his reality TV. Like he didn't have any. Right. And, and, and that's what kind of irks me a little bit about him, I guess is along the same lines is that I can see is that he definitely seems to uh, play play kind of like oh i was i was so wayward and now but now i fixed it or you know now i now i see the error of my ways which i can believe on some some level but i think you're spot on like he was reality tv like what ethics you know yeah. they weren't there yeah, that'll do it. no there's absolutely 
appreciate it. Uh, I, I just, I, I, he's, I don't know. He's, he is what he is. Like, I, I think the, the documentary painted him fairly well. I just, he's kind of a scumbag through and through. A little bit. All right. So that's, that's interesting though. Rick Kirkham is the flip flop character. All right. Well, I think that answers just about all, I think that's all the questions I have I'm trying to look through. So I think we can go ahead and segue into talking your Hollywood adaptation and cast. Who would you cast? So we can get started with the, the main star of this all. Um, who would you play? Who would you cast for Joe exotic? Um, Joe Exotic, I would – Dax Shepard. I really like the Dax Shepard one. I think Dax Shepard would be amazing. Um, And I think for – if you – David Spade is another one where it's like, wow, like that would fit perfectly. Mm-hmm. But I just uh, – it would just be repri- reprising Joe Dirt. Yeah, so, I don't know. I, I'd like to see what uh, like to see what Dax Shepard could do with it. And I'm a Dax fan. Same. I think, and I think he'd bring a certain energy that mm-hmm. David Spade like to really play into the eccentric side, which David Spade could do. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It just it Dax like brings this like overt, almost like you yeah. know Jim Carrey type like kookiness that yeah. that I think would fit it really really well. That a hundred percent exists too. Uh huh. That real so, Joe has. Dax Shepard um, for Joe. Who would you have as Doc Antle? Uh, Doc Antle? My Doc Antle? I've seen a lot of different Doc Antles. I saw one that said Steve Martin, and Steve Martin could be good. But hmm. I honestly, the one I think would do the best and looks most like Doc Antle is John Travolta. Dude, I have him on my list. as. <laughs> I, it's uncanny when when I first saw John Travolta and I was like, "That's Doc Antle." Like, and John Travolta has played the guy with the ponytail, guy mm-hmm. with the soul patch. Like, he's already been there. He can yeah. fit it. I like that. Doc John Travolta. John Travolta is um, Doc Antle. Who do you have as Carol Baskin? Um, I got two choices. One, I. I think she might overdo it. I think Kate McKinnon might overdo it, but like Kate McKinnon would make a great Carol Baskins. Mm-hmm. And then another one, if it was like supposed to be more serious and not overblown, think Reese Witherspoon. Oh, interesting. I didn't even, I did not have her on my list. I'll add her. Reese, Reese, Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. I could agree with you. Kate McKinnon's been a really, really popular choice of like that. Mm-hmm. She was one of the first people I saw. She straight up, up looks like Carol Baskins. <laughs> She's got the crazy eyes down. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I was also like, I was like, yeah, she would be good. But to me, I feel like there were there there are plenty of other totally comparable options. Yeah. That, of people that could do it as well. But I don't know. I'm personally not necessarily in love with Kate McKinnon. It's like, yeah, she could do it and I'd be happy with it, but she's, she's not technically my choice, but uh, her or Reese Witherspoon, I think could kill it. Yeah. Who would you have as Carol's husband, Howard? Um, Jeff Goldblum, hundred percent seems like the best. Uh, I, I saw one that said Alan Alda. And I think Alan Alda or like an, an Alan an Alan Alda or a Dick Van Dyke would be great. Like I think if you could take Dick Van Dyke back like fifteen years, like he only <laughs> needs fifteen years to pass as like a sixty five year old. But you right. take you take Dick Van Dyke back fifteen years and he would kill it. But uh, I think Alan Alda's too old too. But he <laughs> he'd do good. But like uh, Jeff Goldblum, hundred percent, hundred twenty percent, Jeff Goldblum. Like, it's too perfect. It's it is. He's done it. It like that's that's Jeff Goldblum needs to be uh, Howard. Absolutely agreed. I've I've yet in all my searching, it's like I find people that is like you could make it work, but it just Jeff Goldblum fits that mold. The, yeah, the only other person who would who would do it other than Jeff Goldblum is again Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> but like you've got to get him like 15 years ago because he's still spry. Like he still runs around and dances. But like you take him back 15 years, Dick Van Dyke would do it. Like, I like it. Um, let's talk Joe's husbands. Um, first and foremost, John Finley. Uh, John Finley. 
I'm everyone's got like you could for either one of them, you could just pick like handsome standard Hollywood guy. You, I'm looking at one who has uh Channing Tatum. That's the mm-hmm. that's the one you sent me with Channing right. Tatum. And I'm looking at another one who's got like Dave Batista. And <laughs> Dave Batista would be good if he lost like uh, if he wasn't like super huge Dave Batista. I think I think I think um, Dave Dave, Dave Batista would be the angle of this is totally overblown John Finley. This is mm-hmm. this is final form like absolute peak John Finley. Yeah, that's <laughs> super saiyan John Finley. Um I think man the best here's one one that I saw just looking at this ratty picture of uh, looking at the ratty picture of Travis and uh, and the picture of John mm-hmm. John simultaneously, one person who I think could play both of them. Ooh, that would be cool. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I think Shia LaBeouf could do both of them. I like um, that. But as far as like someone, if you're doing like the serious one. Yeah, Channing Tatum would be fine. Not serious one to play John Finley, Chris Pratt. I think Chris Pratt. I think he'd be good. And he looks enough like him. And like all of his stuff from Parks and Rec, it's just like, yeah, Chris Pratt could do it. It's fitting. Yeah, just just turn Andy Dwyer into redneck Andy Dwyer and boom. Yeah. John Finley. I think that fits. I like that. Those are those are really good options and um Shia LaBeouf one just cracks me up because I just I just think back to all the stories you hear about him on the set of the movie Fury and I'm just like yeah, yeah absolutely he can, he can do it like uh, he can do it well and the looks like he's not ugly he's handsome he's handsome mm-hmm. like Travis is or at least the uh, anyway later later Travis with the mustache and everything like yeah Shia LaBeouf's got the look a little bit so cool uh, so I kind of answered both that most of those questions because I was Travis was my next one. Um, yeah. Him obviously, Travis could be like Chris Evans, or Ryan Reynolds, or like he's mm-hmm. and he's a pretty standard handsome dude, so you could just yeah. pick any of them. Insert handsome, charismatic actor, and yeah, good. Who would you cast for Jeff Lowe? Man, I've seen I've seen a couple different ones, and I haven't really found one that i think is like the best the best um (laughs) man the one what what was the other one that had um power yeah 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 oh um that one would be good uh, someone put a Woody Harrelson as Jeff Lowe, and I think Woody Harrelson could do a decent one. Mm-hmm. Wow, that one looks pretty good. Um, the dude from uh, the dude from Stranger Things, David Harbor, the guy who plays the sheriff. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I hadn't even I hadn't come across him. That wouldn't be bad. Yeah, he wouldn't be bad. Um, you know, I'll I'll tell you. You know who I thought fit the bill probably the best, just like off of look, and then I think the kind of attitude he could bring. Who I heard, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis could do it. Another one who I think could, um, and it would be weird. But uh, I'm trying to put like a soul patch on him and like just a bandana. I think Joe Rogan would would fit the bill. <laughs> I think that would be really funny. Have <laughs> Joe Rogan play Jeff Lowe. He would he would you know he'd go all in on being just the the most douchebag of douchebags. I think he absolutely could. Like he could he could make it work. <laughs> That's awesome. So is that your final answer? Yeah, I'll say Joe Rogan. I like it. Now, who do you have for John Rinky? 
I didn't I didn't have it for John Ranky initially, but I think it'd be a really good one because everyone's standard is Matthew McConaughey, because Matthew McConaughey would do it. Oh yeah. One I'd like to see that someone uh didn't didn't necessarily put or I I'm seeing off of another thing. Uh Nick Offerman would be good. <laughs> and uh yeah. yeah, Nick Offerman would be my my choice for that. Okay. I like it. That's a little bit of a wild card. I like you're giving a good you're giving some good different answers. I'm trying to differ. I don't want to be the same, you know. I'm I, that, I'm that I like guy. It. I like it. The hipster mm-hmm. in me needs to be a little bit different. I'm for it. It's a hey, it's uh what is it? Diversity? No. Variety is the spice of life. Yeah. Am I right or am I right? Indeed. <clears throat> All right. Who do you got for uh, Eric Cowie? Eric Cowie. Uh, I saw again. I saw one on this on this different article uh, that would be really good. Um, John Heater. <laughs> yeah. I think John <laughs> Heater would be amazing. I like that. That's funny. I, one of the, I think it's probably picked up more steam, but some people have even said like Keanu Reeves, yeah, dye his hair blonde, and I'm like that'd be that'd be pretty funny. He could he could go back to his Point Break days a little bit and Channers yeah. in a surfer dude, red but with a little redneck flair. I like it. Yeah. Who do you have for Saf? Any small Asian man. I like the one that. Uh, um, <laughs> I like the one that uh, um, Joel McHale suggested when he said do Ken Jong. Ken Jong, that'd be great. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Ken Jong would be amazing. And honestly, another one that would be funny is she had like a dude, Ali Wong. I think Ali Wong could do it. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that would be funny. I think, dude, just 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 taking Ken Jong from his roles and being like inserts insert him as Saf. I'm like, I'd lose it. Pee my pants laughing probably. So who do you have for Rick Kirkham? Rick Kirkham? Mm-hmm. Uh, one that would do well. I do like the the standard pick um, that what's his face? The, the standard picks good. The one you have on the meme that you sent me or whatever. Um, is it JK Simmons? Me. The, is that the guy? Is that his name? He's in let like, me look Spider-Man. Yeah. He's the, Spider-Man. He's the news guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's JK Simmons. Yeah. He's, I think he's a solid pick. I, I will say, I also really, really like the thought of Billy Bob Thornton. I think he needs. Oh to yeah. Billy Bob Thornton was the other one. Some way. The one that Rick Kirkham suggested. Uh, I'm seeing another one over here too, on this article. Uh, Willem Dafoe could probably do a good job of that. Dude, William Defoe. There's like four roles. William Defoe, in my opinion, could play mm-hmm. Joe Exotic. It just it's a similar role to his role in Boondock Saints, but instead of a high profile FBI agent, he's just a polygamous redneck who likes to play with big cats. Woody and, Harrelson could do Rick Cookham too. Oh, he I could. Think about it. Oh man, I think I just think of his wittiness from like. I think uh, Woody Harrelson would make a better Rick Kirkham than I, I think else. he probably would. I like Woody Harrelson. Is. Take a zombie land, Woody Harrelson, and it's Rick Kirkham. Yeah, basically. Pretty much. He just wants his and He's getting up there in age. Like, you can make him. Mm-hmm. He's, it works. Yeah. Uh, who do you have for Joshua Dial, the campaign manager, who I've become to – who I've come to not really be a fan of? Like, I was at first yeah. just on a personal level. And the more that's come out and the more I've, like, reflected and had these conversations with people on him, I'm like – I really don't like this guy. Poor, like, I, I don't know. I guess it's more of like, I don't really feel bad for him. Like, he put himself in this position and kept himself there and kind of knew what he was in for. Yeah. But. Um, uh, um, oh, for him. I think um, no, because it had to be at least a little bit of a younger person. Um, 
shoot. Here, while you're clicking away, I'll give you so I guess the three that I have are Jesse Plemons, Jonah Hill, and Josh Gad. As as options on yeah. my master list, if you will. I think I think Josh Gad would be the best. I like I like Josh Gad. I don't know. I just Josh Gad's good. Josh Gad's good. I just don't feel like it's the best, man. It's it's not. Um and I don't even think Jonah Hill's the best. And that just may be a role where it may have that may have to be someone's first big role, you know? Like it might have to be maybe that kind of kind of role where it's like, oh yeah, they were in that and they ended up actually doing a really good job. I'm like, it's one of those you're watching the movie and you recognize all the actors and you're like, wait, who is that? Who's this new kid on the block? But then they do really well. So Yeah. I I feel like there's someone in my head that I'm I'm thinking of that isn't like that, I just can't put the name and the face together. Oh, it is what it is. And if it comes to you, we can circle back. Yeah. Who do you have for Maria Tabreau? That's the former drug lord, if you have anybody. I mean, I, I kind of went, I'm kind of listing more than just the main characters. You, know. you can see if Al Pacino would reprise his role as Scarface. <laughs> I mean, basically just a Tony Montana, a retired Tony Montana instead of a dead Tony Montana. Yeah. Is what I, is what I saw um, him as. Oh, yeah, man. one of the one person that I think if you I don't know how you'd be able to make him old enough. Um, a lot of people are putting like Pete Davidson as one of the crazy husbands, but like I think Pete Davidson could be a crazy Miami guy. Yeah, crazy crazy Cuban dude. Yeah, who used to you know used to be there in the room and call for Colombian neckties and stuff. But now, now he just, he just likes to have a few tigers, you know, totally reasonable. Yeah. Pretty simple guy. Enjoys the simple things in life. <laughs> right. You know, just a, just a run of the mill average person. So who do you have for James Garretson? Okay. Um, James Garretson, obviously Haley Joel Osment looks exactly like him. Yeah, there's there's someone else too. I'll I'll send a picture. But I would also like to see Eric Stone Street do it, just because Eric Stone Street's hilarious, dude from Modern Family. Oh my gosh, that would be so funny. Uh, That would be that would be a funny play on uh, on it. Here, let me let me send you another one of. (laughs) Oh man, you're you're gonna love this. There we go. Yeah, I would. I would. <laughs> yeah, I think you were talking about that. <laughs> yeah, that one would be good. Uh, Alex, Alex Jones Alex and him Jones, could might be cousins. Alex they might Jones be cousins. would be perfect. But I think uh, Eric. But who do you have? Eric Stone Street. I, I'd pick Eric Stone Street. Either Haley Joel Osment or Eric Stone Street. I like that. I like. I like. I like Eric Stone Street a lot. I think he could put a fun twist on it. Um, just as a, on a funny note, one recent one that I saw that really that made me laugh was Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates, yeah. <laughs> oh, she's she's a little bit small and old now, but her heyday, uh, Waterboy Kathy Bates. Yeah, just just as we're doing doing one of those those cross gender roles yeah. would be really funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, who have you cast for Alan Glover, the Hitman? Okay. Uh... Alan Glover, there's an article who has this guy as someone else, but I think he'd make a better Alan Glover. Mm-hmm. Brian Cranston. Oh, that would be so good. Brian Cranston is legend. Yeah, a lot of people want Brian Cranston as John Ranky, but I think he'd make mm-hmm. a better Alan. I think it'd be fun to see him in the. I think it'd be more fun to see him in the role of Alan than Ranky. Like Ranky would be like a layup for him, like. You just give him fake legs, and yeah, you just have to act like a normal person. In well, normal person relative to everybody else yeah. involved in the show. It's like, nah. I think like uh, somebody who's a high level actor like Brian Cranston needs to be in a role that's gonna be that's gonna allow them yeah. to kind of be more expressive. And so and that's one I had not come across. I really like that Brian Cranston. I'm gonna add that one. Mm-hmm. Now. 
just because it was on the picture, if you don't have anybody cast for this, don't even worry about it. But the last person I have here is the the former, I don't even remember her name, but it's the former wife of Doc Antle that they interviewed who lives in like Ames, Iowa. Yeah. Um, I like the, I like the one that, that is on that picture there with Anna, Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. Yeah. I think Anna Kendrick weird. is like way, way, way prettier than her. Um, <laughs> But this is Hollywood, so you are going to show yeah. the prettiest. You're going to show the prettiest adaptation, like caricature of, of these people. Actually, hmm. Kristen Wiig. Ooh, that would be great. Kristen Wiig would be good. I think you've swayed me on that. <laughs> yeah, Kristen Wiig would be good. Um, the other one too that I saw in this thing that had a. That had people because I I want to save my uh, Anna Kendrick pick because um, I saw the Anna Kendrick on there. Uh, mm-hmm. Lauren Lowe because the person oh, I yeah. saw an article that had Lauren Lowe as like Lindsay Lohan and I was like looking at the picture I'm like that is the only person who if you cast them as someone else gets uglier. <laughs> like do not do not make Lauren Lowe uh, freaking. Lindsay Lohan, Lauren Lowe is Anna Kendrick. Like, yeah, Lauren Lowe is Anna Kendrick. Like, Lauren Lowe is really pretty. Like, like she may be kind of weird and a swinger, but like, dude, really pretty. No, she's extremely attractive. Like, I, I would agree with that. You couldn't, Lindsay Lohan, if this was 15 years ago, Mean Girls, yeah, Lindsay yeah. Lohan all day. But we're talking, she's on the other side of how she many rehabs? Shot and, out. It's like telling Amanda Bynes. <laughs> Whatever happened to Amanda Bynes? Gosh, oh, she's she amazing. Mm-hmm. The best. I watch, I don't remember where I watched it, but I watched some like an episode of two um, a couple months ago of the Amanda Bynes show. And it was just, the nostalgia was too real. God, she's was, wonderful. She was so good in that, that and then uh, in liar, liar. So, all right. So that's all the castings I have, unless you have other characters. So I like the whole Lauren Lowe as uh, Anna Kendrick. That's good, but I don't have any other characters to cast, but if you have any other that you want to touch on, throw them out there. Um, I can't, uh, I can't (laughs) wait. (laughs) There's one other one. The, the guy who died, who Carol killed. Oh, Don, Don, I, not Don, Don's lawyer. Hmm. I think Danny DeVito needs to play Don's lawyer. (laughs) That's really funny. Oh, I would love that. I think that's a good good place to insert Danny DeVito too. Like, because there's so many people to me that just that I feel like when you hear their name, you're like, oh, they would they need to be a part of this, like in some role, and f- f- just finding a place for them to fit. I like Danny DeVito as that as Don's lawyer. That's really yeah, funny. man. Yeah, that's. That would that's the that's the only one I could think of, but I, I like love it. Don, wait, wait, Danny DeVito or one of the old guy puppets from the Muppets. I think he did a great <laughs> job as that's awesome. So final question, now that we've gone over the cast, doing this a little bit um backwards, but what would you I guess what style of film would you do this would you do this in just like a pure like almost like a scary movie style where it's it's goofy and it's just making fun of it or would you do this in or would you stay with the kind of the genre and the filming style and do this as like a mockumentary or would you go totally off the wall and go a different genre what what genre would you film this as man i think it could be cool as like a, a drama comedy with like mm-hmm. all of the Kate McKinnons and John C. Riley's and like everyone just being like super over the top. I think I'd have more fun with that. But like, if you were, I, I, it, it just seems it, you can drum it up to the nines and make it serious. Like there's all the drama pieces there. And like it could be like a, a full blown HBO thing, like full blown. You know how many scenes you get a Doc Antle with his wives and like Jeff 
Jeff Lowe. There'd be titties everywhere. Yeah, I just to say. Yeah, I think I, I I don't think you can make it into something serious. If anything, the only semi-serious way you could do it would go the route of a horror, but that would only make it more of a comedy. It'd be like Tucker and Dale versus Evil, and it would be hilarious. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think that's spot on. Is like you just got to keep this lighthearted because it's so kooky that you couldn't just uh-huh. you couldn't not do it. Now, uh, and I'm sure someone's going to come out with their, you know, Hollywood biopic or whatever, you know, their Hollywood adaptation. And I'm, I'm sure someone's going to do it. I heard too, that of course, Netflix is going to try and do some second part to this series, but I don't, I don't think there's content to do that with. I don't know what they go off of maybe actually opening the Carol Baskins case. That's like that's really that all you have to be, go off of because Doc Antle be Doc Antle got raided some point in the last two years, and so you know he's he's done with this. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna like he's gonna lay low. Carol, um, haven't really heard from her very much either since it, and I don't imagine you'd hear much more, especially like if I was. In I her think position. I saw an article where she absolutely hates like hates what what the way it paints her. Like she hates the documentary. Well, of course she does because she 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 basically wants to be like Doc Antle in that she's she's very good at controlling the situation and being in control and controlling the perception of her and she I'm sure she felt like she was doing that and she she but she's one of those people where she has there's a little bit of a disconnect with reality and actually how she comes across. It's kind of like how I struggle with volume control. It's like I to myself it's a normal tone. To a lot of people around me, it's a person screaming. And so, you know, I've learned to kind of recognize that and deal with that as it comes. But I, I feel like that's kind of the situation she was in. And ultimately, too, the other thing is they, they get so much footage from these things that I don't know if someone came and did a documentary about something I was involved in, if I would even like my final product, because you just never know, like, seeing some video you know my having some exposure to video production on small scale i've seen how you can take some some very simple like shots and turn it into turn it into a full-blown you know production and video and be like and like looking at the raw video and the final product and be like how did you how did you bridge that gap and so I can totally understand that she hates it um because it definitely it definitely puts you under the impression that she is uh, she is uh, involved in Don's disappearance, and I'm sure she's really pissed about that. But they also don't do her, you know, give her that much credit as a rescue either. But yeah, I'm not surprised by that. I I don't think I I would probably. I think I think it's hard for anybody to truly be 100 percent happy with how they panned out in documentary. I mean, I'm sure Joe loves it, but Joe just wants to be famous, so he doesn't really care. Yeah, Joe. Joe does not care in the slightest. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that that about wraps it for your breakdown of uh, Tiger King. Let's uh, to wrap up. We can just kind of give any closing thoughts or ideas that that you know you that you have on the series moving forward. As far as one thing I do want to know is. Uh, how you felt about it as a docu-series and how it ranks for you in, in just as entertainment in general, but then also as specifically as a docu-series, how, how well you thought it was done. You can rank it on whatever scale you want. You want to do gold stars. You want to do one to 10. I don't care. It's top 10. I'd give it 10 tigers out of 10 tigers. Yeah. Uh, 10 tigers out of 10 tigers. I mean, the, the way, the way the documentary was written and everything was portrayed, like it, it leaves, a fair amount of ambiguity so people can form their own opinions about whoever they want. And it still gives you so much like stuff, like all of the, all of the stuff surrounding the Carol Baskin stuff. Like that's, that's all super interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, as far as entertainment value, like it's a, I mean, it's, it's all just, it's top notch, like top notch. Like it got me to stop watching anime for a little bit, which is like, that's a big deal. Pretty big. Like you've got to be, you've got to be big time if you're going to get me to stop watching that. So, Mm -hmm. well, listen, Seth, I appreciate you coming on and uh, giving your opinion. I know it's always, it's always a good time doing a pod with you and uh, we'll, we'll get together and do a, another tales from the classroom soon, but uh, appreciate your, 
your input. Uh, I think it was very good, uh, different input too, in a lot of ways than than a lot of people that I've that I've talked to. And so it's it's good to kind of get that variety in there. So if that's all you always uh, trying to invite to provide a a unique unique perspective. Perks of being weird. You always got a different perspective almost all the time. So, yep. so I feel that. All right, man. Well, I think that wraps it up for this breakdown. If you I want to thank everyone for listening. And of course, uh, if you want to chime in, give your opinion, it's the rambling Viking at gmail.com. We'll um, of course, you know, like us, give us a review, subscribe us. If you subscribe to the podcast, if you haven't, it's on all the major platforms and shoot, if you want to come on and give me your take on, tiger king i'd love to the more the merrier i'd love to be able to release some more so let me know you can find me at that email address just shoot me an email so uh thanks for being on seth and thanks everybody for listening yep yep